Verse 36, Abigail came to Nabal, and behold, he was holding a feast in his house, like the feast of a king. And Nabal's heart was merry within him, for he was very drunk. So she told him nothing until the morning. In the morning when the wine had gone out of Nabal, his wife told him these things, and his heart died within him. He became as a stone. Sounds like some sort of a stroke. About ten days later, the Lord struck Nabal, and he died. When David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Blessed be the Lord who has avenged the insult I received at the hand of Nabal and kept back his servant from wrongdoing. When we get angry, when we try to take vengeance, when we try to hurt someone who's hurt us, it does a number of things. It's not good for you. It's not good for the name of the Lord. It's not good for for God to be angry. Let's let him work salvation. Now, there are times when we need to have courage. And we'll have courage, and there will be a backlash from the courage that we've had. We've done the things in obedience to God, and we think that if we've done things in obedience to God, everything should be fine. But as we read many, many times, people are not happy to have the truth spoken to them. Go to God with that. Let him comfort us, and let's not try to comfort ourselves through vengeance. David sent and spoke to Abigail to take her as his wife. When the servants of David came to Abigail at Carmel, they said to her, David has sent us to you to take you as, to him as his wife. And she rose and bowed with her face to the ground and said, Behold, your handmaid is a servant to wash the feet of the servants of my Lord. And Abigail hurried and rose and mounted a donkey, and her five young women attended her. She followed the messengers of David and became his wife. A lot of people think the moral of this story is that if your husband is a jerk, it's okay, God will kill him. (laughs) And send you a print, and send you a print. I will leave that for your interpretation. But I think there's something here that I want to explore. And that is David's relationship with Abigail. This is one of the most beautiful passages of Scripture that we have just read. In my opinion, there is not another woman that stands as tall as this woman in what she does in quieting this man. In, in saving her family. And it says about her that she was beautiful and that she had discretion. Most of the time in Scripture, it just will talk about a woman as being beautiful. Bathsheba, very beautiful. This woman, beautiful discretion. The problem I have with Abigail the problem that Abigail has is that we don't hear anything else from her. End of the story. Ouch. That hurts. That hurts. I think we have a clue here of a possibility of something that might have helped Abigail. She has this humility. She bows and says, your servant 
is a handmaid, a servant to wash the feet of the servants of my Lord. She's almost going a little overboard with her humility. And we look at, oh, he's such a humble woman. I'm not sure that humility is helping her in this case. And then it says, And Abigail hurried and rose and mounted a donkey, and her five young women attended her. She followed the messengers of David and became his wife. There's a little word there that I don't like, and the word is hurried. I'm going to say something very provocative. Hurry is sin. Hurry is sin. Now, doing things quickly, but hurry, follow me on this, usually there's an emotion with hurry. The window's closing. And our marketers, I don't know if you get the same emails I do, last chance, clock is ticking, uh, you know, last chance to subscribe, last chance to get your discount, last chance to... Why? Because they know if they can stimulate hurry in you, you will not think this through as well as you should. You can move quickly. I'm not so sure she needed to hurry or move quickly. Well, like she is afraid, and we can sympathize or empathize with Abigail. She has been in a very difficult marriage. She has got a man of God who's killed Goliath, who obviously who writes psalms, has a sensitive heart. That is a good man. She does not want to miss the train. She's in a hurry. What I want to do now is just pause, you are again going to be the counselor to David. And he's coming to you. He's got a situation. He's just married Abigail. And you say, you know, great move. That, that is a, a woman of God. But he's coming to you because his other counselors are recommending that he marry Ahinoam of Jezreel. And Jezreel is up in the northern part of Israel. It would be like, I think, the Beverly Hills of Israel. It is the fertile area. You're going to be asking him some questions about why, is the, why the need to marry Ahinoam of Jezreel. Is this a good idea or not? And I want you to just pause. I'm going to give you a minute or two. I want you to think about this. I guess you could discuss it if, if you have some ideas. What you're going to say to David at this point in his life, now he had, he, remember he married Saul's daughter, Michal or Michael. That daughter was then given by Saul to a man from the tribe of Benjamin, another slap in David's face. So his wife has been given to another man from the tribe of Benjamin. But now he's just married Abigail. But his counselors are telling him, look, if you're going to be the king, we need to start moving politically here. I want you to think. I'm going to give you a couple of minutes just to think about what questions you're going to ask him and how you're going to counsel him because he's, as far as he knows, more is better. So let's just pause. I'm going to give you a minute or two of silence. What are you going to counsel David? Other people are telling him to marry another wife.
Political alliances were something that was, were done very commonly in those days. I think one of the saddest verses in all of Scripture is verse 43 of chapter, or 1 Samuel 25. It comes after verse 42. And Abigail hurried and rose and mounted a donkey, and her five young women attended her. She followed the messengers of David and became his wife. Verse 43. David also took a Ahinoam of Jezreel, and both of them became his wives. Saul had given Michal, his daughter David's wife, to Palti, the son of Laish. I think that this is one of the saddest verses in all of the scripture. And the reason I wanted you to pause and think about this is because it appears that David didn't pause and think about this. And most people think that Bathsheba was the beginning of the end for David, but I'm telling you, the beginning of the end is right here. Started with number two. Why? Because God created you to have a man and a woman, one relationship, to experience intimacy, which was going to be an example, a model of his intimacy with us. Somehow, we got the idea that more is better, more sex is better, different sex is better. What you're doing is just diluting the intimacy that everyone needs. Essentially, David was doing something here that was assuring that he was never going to get the intimacy that he needed. This is a man with a very wounded heart. He grew up in a very difficult family. He was put down. He became a star, but now he's on the run. He's been on the run for many years. His self-esteem, as we've just discovered, is a bit rocky. He's, he's close to the edge. God sends him an amazing woman. I think one of the amazing women of Scripture. And David disregards her. I believe that she was supposed to be David's queen. By the way, who was... Every king has a queen. Who's David's queen? Don't know, do you? Yeah, why? Because he had, ends up 10 wives and 7 wives, 10, 17 women in the palace. Where's the queen? God had a design. The counselors of David didn't actually care about him. And his chief counsel, his name was Ahithophel. Ahithophel was the chief counsel, and it says of Ahithophel that his words were as the counsel of God, like the counsel of God. It wasn't the counsel of God, but it had such worldly wisdom, it sounded like the counsel of God. It sounded like a good idea. Two women instead of just one. What it does is spiritually start David's descent. It starts diluting out the intimacy, the very intimacy that he needed. There are probably some reasons why Abigail was disregarded. She'd been married before. Strike one. I wonder, I'm speaking to the singles, 
is it possible that the person that God is sending for you may not fit all of the character qualities, or not character qualities, but characteristics, checklist that you want? This is a woman who'd been married before. I believe this was God's choice for David's queen, the only one he was supposed to have. Why? Because she was prophesying over him exactly the way his life was supposed to go, that no evil is going to be found in you. You're not going to be full of blood guilt. We're going to discover very soon he's got blood guilt. You're not going to be saving by your own hand. Always going to be doing that too. This woman who just spoke all these prophecies over him, I don't believe, would ever have allowed him to do the things that he starts to do. Which only shows me that she had no power. She had no authority. I believe it started in the courtship phase. Many of our problems start in the courtship phase. It says David sent messengers to her to come to him as his wife. Some of you know about Jewish customs. Is it the custom of the Jew and the Jewish family to call and have your wife come to you? You're supposed to go and get her. Oops. Downgraded. Discount. Hurry, hurry, hurry. You're going to miss the ship, going to miss the boat. What if she said, have him come get me? Yeah, I actually want to see his face. I'd like to ask him some questions. The first one being, are you planning on marrying anyone else this year? <laughs> have him come get me. Let's sit down. Let's, get, let, let's, let's, let's talk this through. In a hurry. Are you making some decisions these days in a hurry? Oh, our culture is so pressured. You've got so many emails to go through. You end up, the things that you really value, these relational things, get squeezed. And so if there's a problem or a hiccup, look, her husband just died. This is a bit emotional. She's got now a chance to marry this amazing man. But guess what? Every amazing man needs a woman who believes that she's amazing. He doesn't need a doormat handmade to wash the servants of his feet, his servants' feet, whatever she's talking about. I believe she needed someone to say, I know who I am. I had a bad marriage. I'm a quality woman. I'm not going to save by my own hand, using her own words for her own story. I'm going to stay here and let him come to get me with his entourage. I want to be his queen. That is the role that God's given to me, and I'm not going to settle for less than that. I want him to promise me. And if he needs to talk with his counselors about their plans for him to marry a Hinnom of Beverly Hills or Jezreel or whoever, whoever this plan is to try to get the political, see, all these wives then become political. It's just someone to sleep with, someone to keep you company, and political alliances. There's no beauty. There's no life in these relationships. And what we find with this amazing woman, Abigail, is no life in this relationship. It's like he got her a trailer out in the back of the house and maybe set up a tent for her. Never heard from him again. Her child, 
although his secondborn is not even in the running to be the next king. The scripture gives no reason why. Assuming it's just because, well, she was married before. She's not worth as much. A lie. It's a lie for those of you who've been married before. It's a lie that you're not worth as much. Never receive that truth. You don't have to give your age. You don't have to explain. You don't have to talk about why people should give you a discount. No, we're not discounting ourselves. I believe Abigail discounted herself and ended up in an unhappy marriage again. Had no voice. I just want to pause now, and I want to, for you to think about this, these things. This, is a, this may not be the way you've heard the story. I love to stimulate. Is it possible we never hear from her again? There's something she could have done. She could have spoke up early and not hurried to get into a relationship that then she's put out to pasture when she was supposed to be the queen. Well, can you have a queen that's been married before? All those, you know what? Whoever David wants as the queen is the queen. We have all these social reasons why maybe she shouldn't have been the queen. You know what? I believe the kind of God we serve, we see Rahab the harlot. God does things with people who have difficult circumstances because he says, I will redeem that. This woman has an amazing heart. I can tell you with with my wife, the thing that impressed me about her was her amazing heart. God said, look at the heart, look at the heart, look at the heart. So many of us have been taught, you know, you need a, this is the kind of person, the man, the woman that you need. This certain character, characteristics, certain status. What is the good that can come out of this? I've not found a woman with a heart like my wife. She loves the Lord. She loves me. She loves the scriptures. We read these things together. And what you're hearing today is a story that has come out of our discussing this passage, not just taking it the way we've always heard it. Oh, isn't that nice? He killed her husband, married David. They lived happily ever after. They didn't live happily ever after. Never heard from again. I want to give you a minute now, and I want you to think. Am I hurrying? Am I working salvation by my own hand? Is there a relationship? Am I giving my relationships enough time, or are they always squeezed because of all the other things that I'm doing? How could I become more relational? Maybe listening, dealing with anger. Let's just talk with God and with ourselves for about five minutes now. Father, I thank you for everyone who's come today. Thank you for your words. Thank you for your scripture. Thank you for how much wisdom you put in there. So much life. There's so much life in each one of us, and we get to live it with you. Lord, I bless them in their relationships, especially in their relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen.